This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Sponsored by fanjewel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, episode 29. I'm your host, Terence Ford of RedderBlueArmy.co.uk, and I'm here along with Nick Philpott and Lucy White to preview the visit of title-chasing Spurs to Sellers Park. The opposition view this week makes way for an extended classic match when Neil Shipley, of all people, will join us to remember our victory at White Hart Lane back in 1997 as well as sharing some great stories and memories from his time at Palace. Before all of that, remember to head over to holradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Yes, welcome. Episode 29, drawing into the end of the season. Welcome, Lucy. Good to have you back. Hello, Terence. How are we? I'm very well. Did you enjoy your trip to Anfield on Sunday? Oh, it was amazing. I lost my voice. I sounded like <laughs> a Dalek yesterday. It was brilliant. <laughs> what time did you get back? Um, got back to mine about half ten. One um, of the good times of living up in Northampton. You can get there get there quick. <laughs> yes, but poor Steph and Drew, who I um, went with, they didn't get back to their respective homes till about half past midnight um and both had work quite early the next day so yeah I, I was I, certainly in the same boats I was in at quarter past 12 and by the time I um sort of tried to forget that I'd drunk a bottle of Prosecco for a straw <laughs> um, <laughs> then, then I could go to bed at about quarter past one and up for six um Mr Philpot, you you didn't head to Anfield did you Good evening, guys. Uh, no, I hasten to add that I didn't, but I've got. A t- I'm doffing my cap to the, those of you that did. Okay, fair place here. Yeah. That's a was that about a 500 mile round trip? In it, um, you you guys did midnight. There was some people I was, I was seeing on Facebook coming in at two, half past two mm-hmm. in the morning. So fair place to everybody that made that trip. Uh, you sounded fantastic. I just wish I was with you. Yes, um, it's t- there should definitely be a point of. 4.30 games on a Sunday uh, for Londoners going up north or Northerners coming down to London. I just I don't see why it's necessary, if I'm honest. But that's what you get for the Sky TV money, I guess. Um, first up, Hull, last game of the season, the Homesdale Fanatics. Uh, they have announced that they will be doing a display for the final game of the season, but not just any display. It's going to be a full stand display, which um, we haven't seen. Have we seen one of those this season yet, guys? Um, not that I can remember. Yeah, I can remember a few. Well, obviously, there's so. been quite a few um, smaller ones. But, um, yeah. So um, they have said that we are planning a two-tier display for the final home game of the season. These displays are only possible with the funding and participation of the whole fan base. We ask for any donations from Palace fans to help send the lads off in style. 
Um, if you head to the Homesdale Fanatic socials um, at ultras underscore CPFC on Twitter, you'll be able to get the bank details on there and you can just make a donation and that will help them with the display for that one. Looking forward to see what that's going to be like. Um, today in his press conference, uh, Mr. Allardyce said that this is the best run of his career over eight games. Um, Nick, can he build on this and achieve the best league finish of his career next year? What is his? I mean, are you saying building off on it from next year? Uh, if we have a, if we get off to a good start, yeah, why not? I mean, we clearly have got the squad that can threaten and give other teams that even the big, as we've proved, the bigger boys a game, a good run for their money. All we need to do is now get off to a good start, and you never know. Why can't we start the season off well next year? You know, a couple of additions, a couple of the. The ones that we've already spoken about on other shows may be leaving us. Okay, we've got a good squad it is. Let's push it on for next season. Why not? Well, as I um, so painstakingly pointed out in my match report after the game, uh, we've not been able to pin two halves of a season together for a very That's long right. time. Arguably not at all in since the years ticked over 2010. It's been great and terrible, terrible and great, great and terrible, terrible, great. <laughs> Uh, so can um, Allardyce get over that sort of not being able to pin two halves of the season together at Palace Loose? That's a very good question, Terence. Um, possibly. Um, I think he's proven that he um, he can do that. I think he will just need to build on the squad in the summer. Obviously, we need to secure getting Sacco. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think we need to um, perhaps get, you know, some more defenders a bit uh, build on our midfield because I think we're going to lose some of our um, squad. Jordan much would not be a loss. Well, no, I'm thinking more like Ledley. Um, obviously, our defenders are very injury prone. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think if he can build on the squad... I, I I do believe he can take us forward. How long mm. for? Who knows? Well, I think this is going to be uh, an interesting time um, because for Allardyce, I think there's definitely, you can tell there's a fire in him to stick two fingers up at the FA and definitely. prove that they were wrong to sack him. And I think we might actually get extra effort from him, not to say that he wasn't putting in effort at West Ham or whatever, but, you know, an extra bit of effort from him to uh, succeed, not so much for Crystal Palace, but just succeed for himself, really, to actually, you know, make that point. Um, But what was great was he's now beaten Chelsea, Arsenal and Liverpool in this, in the last eight games. Nick, who who was the saltiest of their fans? And now to say saltiest, you know, that means the most bitter out of them. The kids say saltiest these days. When I saw it in the show show notes, I thought, what on earth is he talking about? Um, okay, I, I can answer that quite simply because uh, I've been to two out of the three of those games. Uh, I said I didn't go to the Liverpool game. Uh, the Arsenal fans were fine. The Chelsea fans were stuck in the 1970s. Uh, they were outside the ground before the Palace fans, before the game had even finished, looking for their usual fight like they used to do. They were horrible. They were ghastly people that were standing outside the stadium and all they wanted to do was punch somebody. So it's just a question of getting your head down and walking to the station. It was definitely, without any shadow of a doubt, the horrible lot in blue. OK, and what about you, Lewis? Who do you think it was? I disagree. I think, oh, well, post-match, it's definitely the Scousers because um, I think although Chelsea were, well, they were all shocked that we beat them, Arsenal, I think a lot of the Arsenal fans were kind of pleased that they lost because it seems <laughs> their Wenger out campaign can continue. <laughs> um, I didn't go to the Chelsea game, but um, I know, you know, a few of them were quite peed off that we'd beaten them. But definitely because we keep beating Liverpool at Anfield, mm. I think that they're certainly the most saltiest yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Liverpool as well because it's just that sense of entitlement. You know, they just believe they should be walking onto the pitch and rolling us over, which is always amusing considering that they, uh, they, they never, never do it. to do that. <laughs> Except at Sellers Park. <laughs> what was that heavy panting in the background? Has someone got a dog next to them? <laughs> no? Not, not, not. 
I have, but he's asleep. He's so he's not in. <laughs> um, Sacco, uh, he was he asked to come up with the squad. Uh, Allardyce said Sacco asked to come up with the boys. Most players wouldn't do that if they weren't in the squad. <laughs> um, do you think? I mean, I know personally I'd be furious if I saw um, a former Palace player and a Palace player who was on loan playing against Palace and doing that handshake on the side. Did it Did it amuse you, Luce, or could you see it from the other side as well? No, uh, well, obviously I can see it from the other side. I mean, if Jordan Much did that with a Reading player, I mean, I'd be livid. Um... <laughs> no, um, brilliant, no, Luce, brilliant, brilliant. Obviously... Um, if it was someone that we thought highly of, um, then yeah. But so many Liverpool fans are kind of done with him. A lot of them aren't. But, you know, fair play to Sacco. He's he's playing for us at the minute. Um, I th- I, we're paying his wages as well, aren't we? Wasn't that part of the deal? I think, I think we're certainly playing at least most of them. Yeah, so, you know, he was just cheering on his friend, his teammates, because... You know that would wouldn't we all do that if we had won? I liked the way um, Christian Benteke said. I made a point of not celebrating. I didn't want to celebrate against my former club whilst hosting the most smug look on his face I've ever seen from anyone. <laughs> yeah. Just, go, just going back to uh, Lucy's point about Jordan Much doing it. Can you imagine if he did try and do it? I mean, he's so uncoordinated. He would never get the slaps right. He can't even put one foot in front of the other, let alone twenty well, slaps slap to the hand. I think he could actually do it, though, theoretically, because isn't Paul McShane at Reading now? So Paul McShane and Jordan Much doing it um, if they get promoted next season at Sellers, that could um, be fun. But I highly doubt that Reading will be wanting to take on Jordan <laughs> Much full-time no. from what I've read on their no. social networking sites. Um, Sunday's victory didn't come without cost, and um, James Tompkins will apparently be missing the rest of the season after... What was a horror tackle, really, from Goovich? I don't know. I don't know what Goovich. Yeah, Goovich. Never heard of him. Um, retrospective punishment, Nick. You said you had a look into this today. Um, I mean, it's it's outrageous, really, that because the referee has booked him in the incident, they wouldn't go back and take a second look at it. Well, the general school of thought is that they can't because of that. Um, and wherever you listen to, wherever you read, well, once the referee's taking some action uh, on the pitch, that's the end of the subject. But I quote, and I'm actually quoting you from the FA.com rules. Uh, okay. I think you... I uh, know, oh sorry about this. And, <laughs> and here we go. Retrospective action. Please note that the FA has the power to take retrospective action for a sending off offence which were not witnessed by the match referee. Or match officials. Hold on, let me finish. Players run the risk of being banned retrospectively, particularly where such an incident is caught on camera. The FA may take action even where an incident has been witnessed or acted upon by the match officials in a very serious mm. or unusual circumstances. In such circumstances, lengthy bans may result. Now, my opinion is that needs looking at again. Um, mm. Like you say, I've never heard of that idiot that did it, okay? But um, my view is that they must take time to reconsider that and go back, look at the camera footage, because it was blatant. You watch his, watch his ankle go from outside in, and it just it makes, you feel, makes you feel sick. Yeah, do you think he meant it, loose to hurt him? Because to me, it looked like he was frustrated having not been able to get the ball, and he's flown in with that sole intention of hurting him. Yeah, I I thought that. Um, I, I can't remember who shared it, but it was doing around on social media. The the slowed down clip of him mm. coming in, and you can just see that the um, ferociousness of the tackle, and mm. I just you know poor Tompkins because he'd been playing so well up to then, and yeah, yeah I, something serious needs to be done. Um, it's his season over now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. well. You know, you could do the retrospective action. Don't necessarily always think that's the right answer. Um, but I think this is when you need to think about um, getting the replays introduced. Other sports do it. Why well, can't yeah. we? Well, I don't know if that's necessary, if I'd want to see that happen at the time. Um, I'm not a, a huge fan of the idea of video technology. I like 
I like how they've done it with the goals with crossing the line because it's instant. It goes straight to the referee's watch. doesn't pause anything. I'm not a huge fan. I think if it's been caught on camera, you can deal with that retrospectively. If the referee at the time has seen it from an angle where he can't necessarily make the call as a red card, which I suppose could have happened in this scenario, but I thought he's and the linesman's angle was quite good to actually see that the challenge was, you know, over the top, studs up in the side of the leg. Um, but if you've got the camera footage after, I think you can retrospectively do something about this. And as Nick's pointed out, it's not actually a rule to say that they can't go and do this. And I don't think they will go and do it with this because they didn't go and do it when Dawson elbowed Speroni in the face at West Brom a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And Speroni ended up being hospitalised because of that. And um, it cost us the game. They scored a goal from it. Our goalkeeper had to go off. And they ended up getting back into the game and... And levelling it. So um... the, other, the other thing I thought was interesting, Sal, was that nobody has picked up on it anywhere. Wherever you read, whatever you, you see, match of the day, you see this. Uh, it was all over Sky Sports, the match on the Tuesday, so on the Monday. Um, nobody was actually picking up on the challenge. It was. Oh, yeah. No, why, why, why would they, mate? Because it's Liverpool. Because that's it's Liverpool. The, I'm, I'm telling you, if that's the other way round, is that if that's one of our players doing that to one of their players, I guarantee yeah. you, Carragher's all over it on Sky, so they have to talk about it on Match of the Day, and that's where I go on. But I, I haven't watched the highlights back or the game back from Sunday, and all I've heard is just basically like watching Liverpool TV, and all Carragher wanted to talk about was. Liverpool incidents and Coutinho not getting a penalty when he didn't even go down and stuff like this. I just so it's um, Car- so it's Carragher on the main feed and on the uh, punditry it's Graham Sooners. So that's not <laughs> real, it's not really Liverpool bias at all, then, is it? <clears throat> no, but I heard um, Sooners actually said some good stuff about us that we're definitely a far better team than we're given credit for, and he expects us to do well next season. So um, we'll see if he's proved to be right. So Allardyce also said in his press conference today that. And he said it in his post-match after Liverpool as well that he might have to take make wholesale changes today. Do you believe him, Luce? Or we've seen a few mind games recently slip into his <laughs> press conferences. You know, Kabaya springs to mind a couple of weeks ago against Arsenal. We said he was definitely out and then played him. Yeah, I well, it could be mind games. I mean, you know, Spurs are. I, well, I, I work with a couple of Spurs fans, and I know that they're very worried about the game tomorrow. So. Um, yeah, it could be Allardyce, you know, sort of preparing them for, you know, the onslaught of coming to uh, Selhurst Park. Or he could genuinely, like, sort of not be worried about tomorrow's game and resting the guys for ensuring we get three points on Saturday. Yeah, do you think um, he has a responsibility, though, Nick Allardyce, to play a good team? You know, we've, we've affected the position so much at the top with you know, beating Chelsea and getting Spurs back into the race. You know, we've beaten Liverpool, we've beaten Arsenal, which is affecting the Champions League places. Do you feel like we owe it to those guys to actually play a proper eleven and give Spurs a good go? Well, quite frankly, let's hope Mr Allardyce is on the same lines as I am. Couldn't give a shit about anybody else. It's only us. <laughs> um, I, the only thing that will happen, obviously, is uh, Mamadou Saku coming for Tompkins. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's got anything to do with anybody else. Um, Nobody can play when they did it. It happened to us last year, didn't it? Uh, where we somebody we played against uh, played a slightly weakened team, and yeah, so what? Everybody does it. That's what that's what you got a squad of twenty five in it. Mm, yeah, technically there shouldn't be any weak players in there, but um, I can certainly point to about twelve in ours. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kabai was hobbling around in the for most of the second half at Liverpool. Do you think he could be one of the ones to go, Nick? Um, yeah, I mean, well, we're in a lucky position with that, aren't we? We've got Jimmy Max sitting on the sidelines ready to come mm-hmm. in. Uh, and we all, we all assumed that was going to be that, the case the other day. Um, I'd like to see Jimmy Mack come in and f- maybe freshen it up a little bit. But why fix it if it ain't broken? And it ain't broken. It's, it's performing really well. If he's fit enough to play, play Kabai, even if it's for the first half. And then bring Jimmy Mack on second half. Not problem with that. So I think the main score of Fort Luce is that Jeffrey Schlupp had a good game on the weekend. Um, but do you think Patrick van Arnholt would be an obvious one to come in now if he's saying that he wants to rest some players? I think it, the straight swap there, get Patrick van Arnholt some game time after his injury. Yeah, but then it's, it's a bit unfair on Schlupp because he had a really good game. I had a conversation yep. with Drew and he on the way back and he actually said that he Schlupp was his man of the match because he just worked his ass off. I mean, mine was Townsend, but 
you know, Schlupp did had a really good game. So I think it would be a bit unfair on him considering he put in a really good shift on, on Sunday um, and maybe just bring PBA on as um, a sub. Yeah, you notice that I said general score for. I'd, I genuinely don't think that Schlupp was that good on Sunday. But Can I jump in <laughs> itself? Maybe, maybe that was just me. Go on, of course. Um I actually slightly agree with what Lucy just said because uh, PVA, in my mind, was it's it's all about opinions, isn't it? But I think he was my man in the match. So assuming Schlupp, you mean Schlupp, I assume. Yeah, I do mean Schlupp. Yeah, uh, I think he was my man in the match. I thought he had a, his best game in the Palace shirt. And if he does want to rest a player like a Punchin or a Zaha, uh, bring PVA back in, push Schlupp further forward into in Townsend's place, uh, yeah. and, and and do that. Because you're right. You- I think I thought he had a great game. You're meaning to say that if you're going to rest Zaha or Towns, then you wouldn't play Bakary Sacco? <laughs> no, you know we were talking about those 11 play- worst players at Palace. In it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, Nick, I'm close to putting you right wing over Bakary Sacco, mate. Um, <laughs> so, looking at Spurs, Luce, do you think this is a good time to play them or a bad time to play them after their gut-wrenching defeat in the FA Cup semi-final on the weekend? Um probably a bad time because they'll they're really pushing for the title now and they have a good chance of you know overtaking Chelsea um and obviously Chelsea are playing tonight so depending on how that result goes I think will depend on kind of how fiery Spurs are tomorrow Mm. um I think it's a bit of an unknown kind of feeling because obviously yeah. they're licking their wounds from the weekend, but they're also quite fired up to try and close that gap to Chelsea. Yeah, I think it's a matter. You, you, it's a good to point out because I think Gary Neville pointed out last weekend on one of the shows saying that Chelsea are always playing ahead of Spurs in the next few weeks, which means that if Chelsea win, the gap always goes to seven points. Where if Chelsea somehow lose tonight and all of a sudden Spurs are only four points behind going into the game against us, I think it's going to be very different Spurs to a Spurs if you get the seven points behind Chelsea going into that game. Although that being said, Chelsea um, Spurs sorry have shown like a poncho for um, choking, shall we say. <laughs> and uh, if, it, if it all starts to go a bit wrong for them on tomorrow night, Nick, can you, can you see them doing what? They did to Chelsea last year and just ended up kicking barrels out of us. <laughs> that is the potential. Uh, just to let you know, give you a live update. Chelsea won, Southampton won, Hazard after five minutes and Ramu after 24 minutes. Um, I think gonna tight, yeah. it's going to be a tight game. I honestly believe that out of all the games that we played recently, bearing in mind we did hit a under underperforming Chelsea at the time um, and probably Liverpool, uh, tomorrow night will be our biggest test. If we come away with there with uh, anything out of that game tomorrow, yeah, you've got to, you've got to doff your cap to the manager because he'll have done his homework. Um, you can tell that he's massively tactically aware at the moment. Um, he, he's called the last three or four games beautifully and he's got to be congratulated for it. Whatever your personal thoughts are on the guy, um, tomorrow, tomorrow night will be the biggest task simply because they are, like us, the, the form team of the division. Well, if we find a way to win tomorrow night um, or tonight, if you're listening on Wednesday, which should probably be what we should be saying, um, I'm fully convinced that we're going to do a Leicester and win the title next season because this run is basically the same as what they did the season before they won the title. The last two months, they were just beating everyone and everyone just thought it was a bit of luck towards the end of the season. And hey-ho, they went on the following season and just carried on doing it. So if they can do it, why not us? <laughs> but, um, exactly. Well, We'll end that chat there. And um, next up, we're going to talk about some predictions. Homestyle Radio, Freeview Podcast, sponsored by fanjewel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, okay. So let's touch on last week's predictions, shall we? This this is the Nick Philpot smug zone, we're going to call it. <laughs> Enlighten the listeners if they're forgotten. What did you predict for the Liverpool game, Nick? Um, I think, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, okay, oh yeah, I know what it was. It was a 2-1 Palace victory away at Anfield with Benteke 
uh, scoring. And the only mistake I made on it was uh, I said Johan Kabai, and obviously he didn't score the second. Benteke got the second. So I'm quite pleased with that. He should have scored a second Kabai underneath yeah, the crossbar there when did. he put I it know. over. And I was sitting here with my son, sitting on the sofa, my teenage son, and I said, oh, my God, can you imagine <laughs> if I'd have got them both right? But you I would never get... have been back on this show ever. <laughs> you would never have heard from me again. <laughs> but um, I'm going to take a little credit as well. I, I said Benteke would score a brace, but I did say in a 3-2 win. But um, And much to the dismay of everyone who was standing around me, um, I know Ben Long listens. I said it to him at the beginning of the game. He said, what, how do you think it's going to go today? I said, I just can't see us losing. I, just, I think we're strong where they're weak. And I think... Um, we're going to win and arguably win quite comfortably. And uh, he was like, you're mental. And I had £10 on Palace to win both teams to score at 10 to 1. It's like printing money. Um, well done. Well done. So we've had some um, we've had some thoughts from Twitter. Uh, I asked, um, could we do it again? Could we possibly do it again and beat Spurs? And uh, our Chelsea fan, Trizia, who spoke to us a couple of times this season on this show, uh, has said... I should bloody well hope you can. So um, obviously showing that Chelsea are feeling the pressure a little bit with um, recent results. Uh, Tristan on Twitter has said, I think the game comes too soon for a win, but win, but reckons we reckons we'll sneak a point through 1-1. Mike has said also we might sneak a point. I wonder if Spurs will rotate a bit too with the North London derby in wait on the weekend. Um, my good pal Nick has said 2-1 to Spurs. It's very unlike him to <laughs> predict a defeat, even when we're rubbish. And the GR, the great 60, I assume that means, is uh, it's not going to be easy. Depends what Spurs team shows up after the weekend's results and with the North London derby coming up. And on our poll on Twitter, uh, 38% of you said that the game would finish in the draw, with 28% saying a win and 34% saying that we will lose. So, Lucy, we, we'll let the all-seeing master go second this week. Um, what's your prediction for the game? Um, I think it's going to be one all. Harry Kane will score first. And I think... Mm, I'm going to say Wilf's going to score. Wilf's going to score. And go on then, Nick. Well, Enlighten got, us. Uh, I've been asking a couple of my friends today, and uh, Grant Saunders, evening Grant, I hope you're well, mate. He, I think he's on the magic dust because he's t- saying a 3-2 home win. Um, <laughs> but personally, uh, I sort of agree with Lucy, uh, but I think it's going to be a Desmond. Uh, both teams will score for sure. Uh, I think it's going to be 2-2. Okay, goal scorers. Uh, goal, goal scorers. Townsend. Okay, and I keep saying it quite regularly, but it's time Luca stepped up to the plate. A Luca penalty. <laughs> time he stepped up to the plate. He's been brilliant. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I meant goal scorer. He's only scored. Goal one. scoring play. He's, okay. He's, he's only, he hasn't scored anything from open play, but he has scored one penalty for us, hasn't he? As far as I'm concerned, he doesn't need to score any. As long as he lets Punch and Kabaya play the way they've been playing, he's good with me. I am going for drum roll. I'm going go to go on. for a nil. I'm going to go for a nil nil. I, I think um, both really? sides, both sides, are going to be a bit tired. I think Spurs are going to be very good defensively. They're going to want to tighten it up after conceding four goals on the weekend. Um, I think we've been quite good defensively and, uh, and tough to break down. You saw that it took like a great free kick from Coutinho on the weekend to to actually break us down. And I think we've been quite sound defensively. So with Sacco coming back in, Kelly's filling me with confidence at the moment. I think um, I think it's going to be a drab nil-nil. So we shall, we shall see. Uh, next up, we're going to be remembering our trip to White Hart Lane back in 1997. Billiam, get Neil Shipley on the phone, sir. Homestel Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, yes, it's classic match time and we're heading back to 1997, 24th of November to be precise, when Crystal Palace headed to White Hart Lane to face Spurs in a redeveloped, what, redeveloping White Hart Lane, shall we say, 25,634 people there. And one of those people who was 
not in the stands, was on the pitch, has joined us, and that's Neil Shipley. Welcome, Neil. Good evening. Good evening. Now, um, 502 appearances in your career with 140 goals, and 122 of those appearances were for Palace. Cost two spells, 96 and 99, 03 to 05, and you score 32 goals for Palace. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, just going into that game going back into if you can caution and what is 20 years now almost 20 years wow time flies um well but what was it like going into that match i mean spurs weren't quite the force that they are at the moment back then but it was still a tough place to go yeah always a tough place uh, considering that you know their history and being an established premiership club and it was uh I'd say daunting. I think uh, if our memory serves me right, we were actually on quite a good little run ourselves, uh, certainly mm. away from home. Uh, yeah. That season, I don't think we won a home game to April, which which would have been a downfall of why we got relegated. But that particular mm. period, I think we were we were playing quite well. And uh, I think it was a night game. It must have been a Monday night on, uh, mm. on Sky, if uh, memory serves me right. But yeah, we went there full of hope and uh, you know managed to get the result, which uh, surprised a few people. Certainly did. Um, we'll have a little run through the lineups. He was playing. So Spurs, who were uh, Chris Hewton was in his last caretaker job there. Um, Christian Gross was announced at halftime as Spurs' manager and paraded around the field. Uh, they had Ian Walker in goals, Stephen Carr, Justin Edinburgh, John Scowes, Sol Campbell, before he made that move across North London, Stephen Clements, Darren Anderson, Andy Sinton, and Stefan Everson, who would, of course, go on and play for Palace. There's Ferdinand and David Ginola. And we had uh, Kevin Miller, Mark Edworthy, Dean Roberts, uh, Dean Gordon, Andy Roberts, Herman Horidison, Andy Linnigan, Paul Warhurst, Michaeli Padovano, Neil Shipley, of course, Bruce Dyer, and Simon Rogers. So, do you still speaking to anyone out of that 11 there, Neil? Uh, I was good mates with Andy Roberts. Uh, I don't keep in contact as much as what I did, but he, he was probably sort of my best mate around about that time and do occasionally still speak to him. I'm doing a bit of work up at Palace at the moment, doing uh, the hosting, uh, the executive boxes and stuff. So I do I do kind of see, uh, in fact, Jolly Roger should have been up there the other week, but he didn't turn up. So it's very, <laughs> rare, very rare that I do uh, get to see uh, my old teammates now. But obviously, uh, when, when you do, it's, it's always a pleasure. Mr. Reliable Jolly Roger not turning up. What a disgrace. <laughs> He's changed since then. Um, <laughs> yeah, so as you mentioned, yeah, we were on a, a very good run going into this one. Um, four wins from our first seven away matches of the season and, of course, no wins at home. What do you, what do you think was the difference between going away and, and at Sellers Park? Well, it's just it's the pressure thing. When you go away from home... Uh, you know, the, the, the expectation is, is quite low. You know, I mean, the first game of the season, I think, was Everton away, wasn't it? I mean, no one thought in a million years we could win that, but uh, sort of Mr. Lombardo had, had different ideas and stuff. So mm. going away from home, I think we did, did relax a little bit more. And, of course, the longer you don't win at home, the pressure mounts. And, you know, it just wasn't to be. It was uh, it was quite amazing. I can't remember a team sort of since having that, that much of a home well put it this way if you've got that much of a, home, a bad home record you're normally down by you know with mm. about 10 games to go so we sort of hung in there but I mean that was definitely uh, you know why we didn't stay up because I mean the, the points we got away from home, home was quite uh, quite remarkable Mm. Uh, Neil, we've also got um, Nick Philpott on the line and Lucy White with us in the background, so they might chime in with some questions at some points. Um, Nick, did you head? Did you head to this one, Philpott? Uh, I was there. Uh, well, I've got evening, Neil. I hope you're well, mate. 
fine, Nick. You're right. Yeah, very well. I'm just going to ask you a quick, quick question. Out of all the players that you played with in your illustrious career, would Lombardo have been the most skillful? Yeah, pretty much. He was. Uh, he was. He would certainly be up there. But I mean, the fact that he came to Palace at that particular time. I mean, now we're talking about getting. Yeah, you know, well, not talk. We, we get thirty million pound players through the door. But uh, at that time. <laughs> You know, you asked anyone uh, that we might be signing Antonio Lombardo, they would, <laughs> they would have just laughed at you. So the fact that we got him, and he was such a lovely bloke, uh, but yeah, more importantly, he was a fantastic footballer. So he would definitely be up there because uh, he, he was just class. You know, sometimes talk about you know snooker players knowing what to do, like they, they're planning their shots sort of like four in advance. It, it was very similar. I mean, his football brain was just magnificent. You know, he saw passes quicker than than uh, a lot of players could even dream of. Mm, certainly right. Um, so, game first half is, you know, I've, we've acquitted ourselves quite well in this one. Uh, for Kenny, uh, Kenny Miller, Kevin Miller saved from Anderton tipping one over the bar and... Um, you had a chance yourself, Neil, quite early with uh, Ed Worthy putting in a cross and Dyer flicking it onto you. Caught it on your chest, caught the volley well, but straight at Walker's throat. Um, disappointed with that one? <laughs> or can you even remember? <laughs> it, no, but no chance. I mean, obviously, I remember the goal, which I'm sure you're going to mention at some stage here. But no, yeah. I, I, no I, unless I actually watch a game, uh, you know, you remember the kind of goals, but no, the fact that I had a chance. But uh, yeah, no. Sorry, I can't I can barely that. remember yesterday, Neil. It's all right. Um, as I said, uh, Christian Gross was unveiled at half time by, um, by the Spurs sort of media team, and he had to walk around the field. And as soon as he walked off, the PA system let out a massive bang. And um, next day, the newspaper headline suggested that he'd shot himself after watching Spurs' first 45 minutes. <laughs> but. Um, oh, Second half started, Miller makes an incredible save from Andy Sinton to keep the game at nil-nil. And then um, just before the hour comes the goal, um, it was quite an injection of pace from Edworthy down the flank before he got the ball into you, weren't it, Neil? Yeah, it was. I mean, he'd he, he done that throughout the season. He, he did have a great turn of pace, but, uh, you know, he could deliver as well. So I weren't surprised when he uh, he put it on the money, that's for sure. And what's your offside? Oh, never. never. No. <laughs> You've been caught again. Look, look centre forwards. Like we might miss it, and we might not even get the goal we're claiming. You think I'm going to say I'm offside? Absolutely <laughs> no. <laughs> there is a lovely little flick though. One of those through the leg ones. Yeah, Lionel Messi does it. The whole world's talking about it. Yeah, but on a mon- Monday night in North London where we're not supposed to win. That, that's that was a, yeah. <laughs> But you mentioned it again. That'd do. That'd do. That'd do for another twenty years, mate. <laughs> and. Um... Uh, Stephen Clements then cleared a Padovano header off the um, line. What, what were your thoughts on Padovano? I mean, he came in and was, um, you know, from Juventus, had a great reputation there and uh, never really did it for us. No, well, you've just heard me talk about Lombardo. They're chalk and cheese. This fella come in. Um, I think the first function I saw him at, he had a, a bottle of Budweiser and he was smoking a fag, you know, and I thought, well, okay, he's, he's Italian, you know, we'll give him a chance. But. He didn't get much better than that. I mean, we were training at the uh, Mitchum ground then, and he, he, you know, we'd all come out with about five, ten minutes to go before trying to kick the ball back. Obviously, most footballers are keen to get training. He used to sit on the ball and as if to say, like, oh, not again. You know, what we're training again, and he, he, he just showed no interest in uh, in football as far as I'm concerned. He was uh, he was a poor pro. Mm, do you know, um, no, no do you know where? Do you know where McKayley is these days, Neil? Hopefully not far away. <laughs> no, he's, he's, I don't know. In... He, I don't know what I don't know what he's up to. I, I mean, look, he come in and we're, we're thinking he's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to we're going to teach things. We're all quite young, you know. We we we, we looked at him. I thought, what am I going to learn off of him? You know, like shooting wise stuff like that. But he, he was just such a disappointment. So uh, no, I don't, I don't know what he's up to now. I, don't, well, don't really care I know exactly it. what he's up to. He's he's in the clink, mate, for drug smuggling, and that is not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> really? He really is. Yeah, he really, really is. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, so game went on obviously uh, Spurs started to put some pressure on us um, Miller again had to make a couple more saves uh, we made one from Ginola that sort of sticks out um, Luce uh, you were what 13 12, 13 when we were playing this game da- David Ginola take your fancy did he? 
Um, not at the time. Maybe now. <laughs> not at the time. I was more into Westlife. <laughs> No, no one in no one in the palace team. We had a few. Um, uh, what, you, what what were they called? The uh, the centre parting cuts. What did they call them? Curtains. Know, just curtains. Curtains. There yeah. you go. Yeah, we had oh, a, a set of curtains. image, 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 and curtains. I remember that's them. It, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. Right. So after that game, this unbelievably would be the last win for 15 league games and it would be the run that would ultimately relegate us and um, as well as yourself being injured for a large chunk of those games Neil after you'd gone on your big scoring run and, and Lombardo as well do you think that used two being out was just coincidence or just having two such big players out at a time was was the problem that sort of pushed us down the league it probably didn't help. I mean, the fact I was I was scoring, so I mean, uh, you don't really want to lose people who are scoring. But if I ever get asked a question about that season, I do think uh, that we bought really badly. Uh, mm. To be honest, you know, but we we at the time, you know, and you don't, it sounds like peanuts now, but we were going sort of buying two point one, two point three million pound players, and it was quite a lot of money back then. And uh, I think there was a French bloke we we. we uh, there was one called Zohar. There was a. There was another we'll, friend. We'll, we'll come on to him. <laughs> but anyway, Valerian, yeah, Valerian Ishmael was the centre back. Yeah, mm. that's that's the one, man. And you know, and there's a couple of them. And uh, I just thought we bought we bought really badly. And uh, to to survive the way we did, and, and you know, until inevitably inevitably we were going to go down. But uh, yeah, I do, I do I do blame it on the bias, to be honest, at the start of the season. Yeah, I think we just considering we'd lost in the playoff before we come up in the final and then did win in the playoff final, our scouting network seemed really, really poor going into that season because we just didn't seem to have any idea who to target. And it's like we took other people's words for it and said, you want to get this guy in, this guy and this guy. And um, we ended up with like Pad- the likes of Padovano and um, Ishmael and Zohar. So um, <laughs> is it Zohar, the, the penalty on Boxing Day? Now, we didn't win until April, as you pointed out earlier, and ended up only winning two home games all season. Um, what what was it like when he when he snatched the penalty out of Bruce's hands and slotted it straight at the goalkeeper, which ended up being a you know a terrible game for us as well because this was the game that we lost you in for a few months and um, never really recovered from it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I could see what he obviously wanted to do. He was desperate to to sort of prove himself and and start some kind of form and show that he was a good player. But I've, I've got to briefly go back to. The, the pre-season, we we were in, uh, in in Finland, and it was back in the day when we obviously worked hard, but we did have a night out every now and then as well. So yeah. there was this particular game where we'd all we'd all had quite a you know a, a, a few drinks, shall we say, before. And this it's Zohar played in the other team, and and he looked so good because obviously we were probably <laughs> about seventy percent. And that this is a true story as well. I mean, this is when we were playing against the likes of Father Christmas FC. He come he come down on a parachute and put the ball in the middle of the pitch. So he's like it's quite farcical now, but but that that was the strength. He looked so good, and we bought him uh, on on the strength for that. But he, I could see why he wanted to do it. But I mean, as soon as he, he didn't, and then that that was it. But I mean, it, you know, um, he should have a stronger manager or whatever. Just saying, like, no, you you know, let Bruce take it, and, and that's the end of it. But uh, it's all ifs and so. I mean, if he would have put it in, maybe he would have gone on and actually played and, and done well. But uh, no, I mean, it's, it's sort of farcical, really, all that time. Yeah, he went. He went back to um, Israel in the January, I think, and uh, in his first match for his new club, he missed another penalty. So there you go for his exohar. So, but with in that sort of run, when it's you're losing 15, get you're not winning in 15 games and so on. What what's it like on the training ground? Is there is the tension high? Do you get in, do you get extra bust ups going on? Not really. No, I mean we had we had we had good lads and stuff. I think uh, you know the, the effort's always there. I know it's a cliche and stuff. I mean no one wants to go and lose games, but I, I can't remember mm. it. I mean, obviously, it's not great. I mean, I mean, you can imagine what the what it is now. You know what I mean? The run they're on now at this current squad must be thinking, yeah. can't wait for the next game and, and so on. You know, I want to be there tomorrow night. But that, but that mood is is completely different. But I can't remember going home thinking, oh my, you know, what is going on here? The lads, you know, there, there was none of this sort of giving up stuff and uh, everyone worried. Where obviously my second spell at Palace, there was a real, you know, when we lost 5 0 at Wigan and stuff like that, you did look around and think, oh my God, these players, mm. are, you know, 
they, 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 we ain't going to come back from this. But I can't remember that first time out. I just think, I think we honestly really did think we could, we could go and do it. And uh, hence yeah. why it probably took that long for us to actually go down, rather than uh, if, if we had a different set of players or different mentality, then we probably could have, you know, done a derby or Bradford, or whatever, you know, then kind of yeah. points total. But we hung in there as much as we could. Yeah, so um, another player who joined a little bit later in the season was Sasa Churchish, and he's um, been hovering around the team recent, uh, around the club recently. He was on the pitch after the Arsenal game, dancing around and so on. What was it? What was it like to play with him? Fun, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, uh, no, he, I mean, you need characters like in the game, and you know it happens that he was a good player as well. You know, he's one mm. of them. You don't mind these sort of mad, uh, eccentric people when you can give them the ball and they can go and beat three players and either score or set one up. So he was great fun. We all we all knew what he was like from uh, his, his other clubs, you know, i.e. what he can do in that. But uh, yeah, he, he was a great. I, I loved uh, playing with him. Brilliant. Yeah, no, I've certainly enjoyed it as a 15-year-old at that time. I was, I loved it when he turned up, and he, he and he, ent- he was an entertainer on the ball as well. He was very, very good, and um, you know we love our skillful players out wide and so on. So it was really nice having him there. <laughs> it's just a shame. I think if he maybe was there a bit earlier, we might have, um, you know, you never know. It's all ifs and buts, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and that season as well, uh, you weirdly had two goals robbed from you in that season in an abandoned game. Do you remember that one? Oh, I certainly do. Yeah, yeah, because. Uh... I really did think it was going to be my day or my night, should I say, to sort of get to within uh, within the half time. Uh, yeah, I mean, it all came out after, didn't it? I mean, someone it was a betting syndicate who uh, obviously yeah. didn't like the score at the time and decided to take matters in their own hand. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, I never did get any. Uh, obviously, uh, back then the goal bonuses were quite nice to have, and uh, then ones uh, I was sort of counting money at half time, and then it just got <laughs> took away from me. Didn't didn't happen. So uh, yeah, you actually didn't even get the goal bonus. <laughs> That's no, that's crazy. outrageous. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, in the in the replayed one that we unfortunately lost four one. For those listeners that are too young to know this, this was um, in the ninety seven ninety eight season. We went to Upton Park to play West Ham, and uh, we we scored two goals through Neil Shipley, and then um, West Ham got it back to two two. And like as soon as the second goal went in for West Ham, the like the floodlights just went black, and that was it. They didn't come back on. It was on TV as well, wasn't it? It was. A very, very insane yeah. thing to happen. Um, yeah, but you scored, so you got one of your goals back in the in the replayed fixture. But unfortunately, we lost that one four one, and that was in quite an incredible run for you. What did you score on five or six in a row in that period? Yeah, I think so because uh, I remember uh, Lombardo coming in with you know his Italian papers and everything, and sort of broken English. Uh, apparently, I was linked with Naples and uh, well, Napoli uh, and, and something else. And I, I looked at him going, yeah. All right. Okay, and all that, but it turned out I was, and I think they come and watch me uh, against Leicester. And I think if I would have scored then, uh, I think that would have been six in a row or, or seven. It, I mean, certainly that was the end of it. Um, and uh, I, I remember having a one-on-one, and I've, I've sort of put it over the bar. So I mean, it was all very, very rarely do I look back in in my career and, and, and you know and, and say what could have happened. But certainly, uh, interest from abroad—that's about as near as it got until right at the end of my career. But uh, yeah, it would have been interesting. But yeah, when he came in, I thought, oh, yeah, good wind-up. Apparently, uh, I was linked. There's another one. I mean, they were both struggling at the time. I think they just wanted an old-fashioned, well, a, a centre-forward, uh, a, a target man, uh, obviously try and keep him up. I mean, that's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Would you, um, do you think you'd have made a move to Italy? Because it's, it's quite a drastic change. Even, even these days, it's a change with everything that they have infrastructure-wise in the background to make those moves a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, it's all hearsay now, and if some buts, I don't know. I'm, you know, it was one then that not many people did do it, but the fact that it could have happened, uh, you never, you never know at the time. I know I was paying, I was paying with uh, injections in as well. But I mean, nowadays you know, I think they get away with it, but I was sort of like couldn't move, and then uh, I'd have a like an injection, and then I'd go and do half hour on the treadmill. And, uh, and then sort of play games. It was it was quite remarkable, and I think that that was the, the Southampton game at the end when uh, I think mm. when I did score a boxing day, I think I did tear my, my hernia, and, and that was me done. But certainly, uh, I don't think they'd be doing it nowadays, sort of wrapping people up. Well, say wrapping them up, but, but sort of putting injections in people. Where it, it was quite, I couldn't move, and then you, for about mm. sort of half an hour, you can move. I mean, uh, I think it was the old cortisone injections that's got pretty bad reputation nowadays. 
Yeah, certainly have. Um, there's been a lot of advances in sports science, I guess. Uh, but you, at the same time, though, you see, I think you see a lot more ACL injuries these days than you did in the old days. And that, you know, there's a lot of speculation of whether that's down to the boots that they're wearing because they're so lightweight and don't give so much support. So it's all peaks and troughs, I think, as it goes along. Um, as I mentioned, you scored 32 goals to Palace. What, what was your favourite goal? Uh, I don't know if I can put out. I'll give you a couple. Or I'll, I'll do a member view. I, I remember uh, when I first signed, obviously the first time round, uh, it went to Bradford away. I think I, mm. I scored uh, two. I remember yep. one sort of uh, sort of flying in the top corner. Like that. And I think when you do go to a club, you want to get your first goal. So that that one always stay in memory for a long time. Uh, most important one, obviously, is the playoff final. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could say I sort of bent someone and put it in the top corner like Austin, but uh, it weren't a B. I sort of nearly missed it with a sort of two shinny kind of two yarder, but uh, I'll take that. That's, not, that's the most in, important. And then uh, yeah. I think the semi final, that the header in the semi final was uh, was quite a good goal as well. So there, there's yeah. three. Uh, I think against Sunderland now. I think the, sort of the Sunderland one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah cause yeah, you scored. Uh, you scored against Wolves with a header in three uh, one at home, didn't you? In the '97 one, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was some game. That was some end to that game <laughs> with the yeah, three goals clip, in the last uh, couple. The clip of Jamie Smith, uh, yeah, and Gareth Davies, Gareth, Gareth, Gareth Davies going over to him, sort of giving him a yeah, good old mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that was, that was one of my favourite things because back then my <laughs> season ticket was right behind the goal, so I was literally like <laughs> two rows behind it. And you could just see him screaming. Even I was scared in the stands. <laughs> no, there's nothing like great sportsmanship, is there? Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then Jamie Smith signs for us the following season. It was quite unbelievable. Yeah. How, what no, did he, that, he, he did. He did get reminded quite a few times about that. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it actually got brought up. <laughs> oh, always. Yeah, I think he's a great fit. The guy looked at someone and give him a mouthful like that. Brilliant. And um, at Palace, who, who would you say was the, your best strike partner you had? Yeah, I mean, between two, I mean, Dougie, Dougie Freeman and, and Andrew Johnson, really. Uh, I'd probably just have to say that AJ, just for the, I mean, his pure pace and uh, to be able to create, create a chance out of nothing. I mean, he, he's, he, he's, he was phenomenal. You know, and he, and he sort of followed it up with um, the season, the Premiership, to to score a load mm-hmm. of goals as well. So I do think uh, he probably does shade it with Dougie, but you know, the, he had the pace, but Dougie had the brains. You know, he was a, he was a proper footballer who, uh, who again saw mm-hmm. things, and he, he was a class act. So there's two good ones here, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I think um, I think Andy Johnson's obviously the perfect foil for the style of play that you had, and you know your, your ability to hold the ball up, flick the ball on, and so on. And younger people might look back to the season that we got promoted and see that you scored just nine goals while Johnson scored thirty-two. But you would have have to look back at the videos and be there to the, see the way that you created all of that space for Johnson yourself. You had a very big role in that, and um, yeah, I don't think he would have scored that many goals without you, despite his raw pace. It was um, definitely a great old one-two up there for that season. Um, Lucy, you want to ask a question? I do. Hello, Neil. You're right. Hello, Lucy. You right? Yeah, not too bad. Um, you've already touched on the uh, tapping at Cardiff. Um, how did that feel scoring that? I mean, I was there and witnessed it, and obviously the euphoria is a fan. But you actually scored it. So, how did that feel? It was amazing. It, it was just, uh, you know, when I often get asked about all this, I mean, it, it was kind of my day, you know. I, you know, you, as a centre forward, you want to get the only goal if you can, you know, obviously if you win 2 or 3-1, but to get the one goal to captain the side, it, it really was, a, you know, a, a special moment and uh, something I'll, I'll never forget. And, and, and also no one can take that away from us. So it was, uh, it was yeah. just a great day. If you could obviously pick where you played, I, I wish it weren't in Wales. I wish it were in Wembley, <laughs> yeah. but we, we, we can't have it all. But no, no, it was it was certainly a special time against a team where everyone thought we'd we'd lose. You know, on paper they were the better side, and but they didn't turn up. I mean, it, it weren't a classic game by any stretch of the imagination, but to just get the the one and only goal uh, was was a was a special special moment. It was. It was indeed, and um, Nick, you particularly enjoyed that playoff final. Would you say that's your best playoff final? 
Uh, best playoff final, but the best game I've ever t- been to was the 4 3 at Villa Park. But Neil, I need to tell you from a fan's point of view, you got picture the scene if you would. Okay, we're now on a train coming out of Paddington Station. Uh, it's two sets of London fans traveling down to the Millennium Stadium <laughs> all together. I am literally nose to nose with these West Ham goons, okay, who on the way down there were, were actually really pleasant and, dare I say, even human. And they were saying, look, we're both shit team. So whichever team wins today, the other team, go up, enjoy your season up in the big time, come back down where you belong in the following year. But we got down there, ships, you put the goal in the net, and then I came back on the same train with the same goons. They just <laughs> turned in, they were animals. They were just <laughs> horrible people. Anyway, did you shin it? Was it a strike or did you shin it? It was It was a good shin. It was, <laughs> uh, it, no, no. I, listen, as a, as a centre forward, you follow, you follow in. You know what I mean. I've done yeah. it. I must have done that forty times that season, and, and it never really worked. But to just be able to get there, it was yeah. I mean, you just got to make contact enough. I think it hit one shin, it the other, and uh, then obviously burst the net. You know, was, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just glad it went. In. We, we certainly wouldn't be having this conversation if I would have double and not shinned it good and put it wide, I don't think. Listen, mate, you, you created one of the best nights of my life, so I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, well, I think I can... Uh, I, I enjoyed myself as well. I, I, bet. I, bet. I bet. I was supposed to do a live BBC interview uh, at sort of eight o'clock in my room the following morning, and I... Well, I didn't make it to my room. We stayed, out. We stayed in the bar all night. Good following the next morning so we uh, we did milk it yeah well done sure. good and you, and you deserved it definitely yeah I've heard some um, fantastic stories about um, <laughs> that party but that's for another day <laughs> I do believe and um, you, you mentioned further up in the show that you're um, you're doing the stuff at the in, in the executive boxes these days how's, how's that going yeah it's good yeah I enjoy it I mean I've done about five or six games I'm up there tomorrow and I'll be up there for the final two home games. So, yeah, it's nice. You just go around and obviously introduce yourself, hope that they remember you, which uh, 95% people do, which is quite handy. And then, yeah, you just have a have a chat and you sort of reminisce. You get all kinds of, uh, you know, age groups and stuff. And it's, it's, it's real good fun. So uh, I'll, stay, well, I'll sort of do it next season as well. So I do enjoy going up there. Yeah, excellent stuff. It's nice because um, AJ's obviously involved with the club as well now. He's he come down and played in the Remp game with us last season where the Palace fans played a Brighton fan. So we're going to have him on your ear to come and make an appearance for us at one point. So look out for that yeah, one. No <laughs> that's a good, that's no a good old battle, that one. Um, but Neil, thank you so much for joining us, pal. That's great. And at such short notice, you're an, you're an absolute superstar. And um, we'll, we'll, it was your hat-trick appearance, I believe, down Hull Radio. So, you know, a striker loves a hat-trick. There's your, there's your third one in the bag. So um, we look forward to having you again on sometime in the future. No worries. Enjoyed it, lads. Thank you. Thank you, uh, thank you very Neil. much. Take care, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye, Lucy. Bye. <laughs> Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. That's it. We've arrived at the end. Um, huge thanks have to go to Neil Shipley for joining us there. That was that was fantastic. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, but obviously, we've got to give more thanks to Billiam for pulling this show together once more in the background. The silent assassin, you never hear him or maybe you will in the future, but um, he does great starting work in the background. Um, a Spurs review show is as yet undecided upon, so keep your eyes peeled to our socials for further info there. There's certainly not going to be a Burnley preview from me. There may be a slight attachment if there is a Spurs review show. I'm sure that might be appetite on the result. Uh, mm. Look at us, the plastics that we are. If we win, there will certainly be <laughs> if we one. Win, if we win, we'll do. <laughs> that sums us up doesn't it <laughs> um, but the Burnley review show will definitely be live on Sunday night so you can head over to wholeradio.net at 8pm on Sunday or facebook.com forward slash wholeradio to listen live or alternatively as always the podcast version of the show will be available from around 10pm on Sunday nights so guys Nick and Lucy thank you so much for joining me thank you Terence thank you Terence always our pleasure uh, thank you very much guys and until the next time, up the palace. 
Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.